you might be going about it all wrong. You want a better life. You want to be mentally healthy. So what do you do? You look at all the problems and the things that are going wrong in your life. The problems, the problems, the problems. Well, sometimes you've got to look at the solutions. If you want to be mentally strong, if you want to be mentally healthy, if you want to be resilient, you got to look at those characteristics that those around you possess who you deem to be mentally healthy and strong. So what are those characteristics of mentally healthy people? And can you achieve them? Now, I want to talk about 10 things. And I just want to put it out, and maybe some of these things you've got pretty well covered. Others you're saying, yeah, not so much. I'm not doing too well in that particular area. But don't worry, this isn't a test I want you to fail. If you find yourself wanting in some areas, well, then use that as information to say, okay, I know what I've got to do to actually improve my mentally health. Because God wants you healthy. God has given you the capacity to be healthy, being healthy, will help you with all your relationships. So let's do it. Let's talk about those things that the mentally healthy people do. It's worth the effort. A lot of times people come to me and they say, Joe, you're a therapist. Let's talk about the problems. (laughs) Okay. Uh, But why don't we talk about moving beyond the problems to the health? What would it look like if you moved beyond the problems to a place of health? What might you be doing? Well, here's one of the first things, and I'm going to combine all the things that I think healthy psychology points out as being, yep, this is really healthy, this is good. And all of these things are actually consistent with Scripture as well. So what are some of these traits? Well, one is a sense of gratitude. Being grateful is so healthy. It's so good for your brain, for your body, for your relationships, is developing that sense of gratitude. And yes, I said developing, because you might not feel naturally to be a very grateful person, but you actually can do something. Even if you're having a bad week and you look around and you go, oh, life is really terrible. Why are those people happy? Well, what do you do about that? Well, I would say rather than looking at your life, at your day, and and focusing on all those things that are going wrong, what are those things that actually are going right for you? Now, you might think like, oh, this is a really terrible day, but did you get in a car accident? Were you able to somehow afford to put gas in your car? Did you have a meal to eat? Did you have any kind of exchange with somebody who is decent or kind? In other words, there are always some things. You've got to come up with at least one thing and say, yes, I am thankful for this. Because acknowledging these things can improve your mental health, particularly if it becomes a regular habit. So I, first thing in the morning, I try to do that. I I think and I pray with the words, thank you. Thank you, God. I I am grateful. And I think about the things I'm grateful for. Now, again, completely consistent with Scripture because this is not only a mentally healthy psychological thing to do, but this is absolutely your faith if you are a Christian. One day Jesus was with a Pharisee, Luke chapter 7. I'm just going to paraphrase it. And the Pharisees asked him over to a meal. That sounds like a nice thing. And they sat down for dinner. And just then a woman of the village, (laughs) the town harlot, (laughs) learned that Jesus was a guest at the home of the Pharisee. And she came in with a, a bottle of very expensive perfume. And she stood at his feet weeping 
and raining tears on his feet, letting down her hair, she dried his feet, she kissed him and anointed them with perfume. And the Pharisee's looking at this whole thing, and he's like, oh my gosh, if this guy really was a prophet, he'd know who this was, who was doing this. And Jesus knew what the Pharisee was thinking. And so he said, Simon, I have something to tell you. Oh, tell me. And then Jesus told this parable. Two men were in debt to a banker. One owed 500 silver pieces, the other 50. Neither of them could pay up. Now think about this, because you're the one who can't pay up. And so the banker canceled both debts. Which of the two would be more grateful? And Simon said, well, I guess the one who was forgiven the most. That's right. And then Jesus said to Simon, while he turned to the woman, he said, do you see this woman? I came to your home. You provided no water for my feet, but she rained tears on my feet and dried them with her hair. You gave me no greeting, but from the time I arrived, she hasn't quit kissing my feet. You provided nothing for freshening up, but she has soothed my feet with perfume. Pretty impressive. She was forgiven many, many sins, and so she is very, very grateful. If the forgiveness is minimal, the gratitude is minimal. Now remember this. God has wiped the slate clean. You're not going to earn heaven. You don't deserve heaven. You don't deserve eternity in the presence of God. God, when this life is done, he wiped the slate clean. He washes you so that you can appear before him. Now, no matter what it is that you think you're doing, no matter how holy you think you are or what sinner you think you are, you can acknowledge this great, great gift that God has given you. And you can develop gratitude no matter what is going on in your life. You may have just lost your job. Your car might have been broken into. But you've still been given this eternal life. So, again, you live out your life, your faith life, most of all with gratitude. And that's what actually proclaims the gospel more than anything else. So what are some of these other characteristics, again, that the mentally healthy people possess? And you too can possess them. Again, I want you to think about growing towards these traits. Well, here's another one. You have something to look, to look forward to, to do, to experience. And again, it could be something very simple, right? I'm not talking about that great trip to Paris you're looking forward to, but maybe sitting down to a nice meal with friends, or sitting down with the one you love and watch a, a fun show on the TV. Sometimes it's even just planning that small little event that can get you excited. Again, that sense of looking forward, that sense of contentment, that sense of enjoyment, even in the planning. Actually, those positive experiences that you're seeking out can decrease anxiety and feelings of depression. Now again, I want to go back to the gospel. Is this consistent with the gospel, looking forward to something? Yes, it is. Paul says I could go through dozens and dozens of scriptures here, but I'll just point out one. Paul says in Colossians, he said, this mystery has been kept in the dark for a long time. He said, but now it's not out in the open. What is it? Well, God wanted everyone, right, not just the Jews, to know this rich and glorious secret inside and out. What's the secret? 
Well, no matter your religious standing, the mystery is this. Christ is in you, so therefore you can look forward to sharing in God's glory. That's it. It's simple. That's the substance of the message. So again, you do have something to look forward to, so much more profound, so much more powerful. You can't even comprehend it. But God's Spirit living in you, again, gives you that sense of hope. I get it. Life can be tough. I'm in the tough business. People come to me and say, life is tough. I want some help. And one of the things to help move people beyond the depression or the despair is to say, well, what is one positive thing that exists out there in front of you? Just one small thing. And what that does is it takes your focus off the present difficult circumstances and said, yeah, you know what? Life might be really tough right now, but that doesn't mean that it can't be better tomorrow. And you can know that with great certainty that life can and will be better tomorrow, particularly if you connect your life with the life that God is offering. If you accept and allow his Holy Spirit to move, to breathe in you. All right, another trait I want to talk about. And there's about 10. Maybe I'll break this up. So you're, <laughs> so you're like, oh, 10's kind of a lot right now. Maybe I'll break it down into five. And then I'll come back for the other five. This is a killer right here. What is the killer? Anger. There's actually a book called Anger Kills. And anger really does kill. Now, there is righteous anger. Even scripture says, yeah, there's a time you know, to be good and angry. <laughs> but you got to learn how and when to let go of the anger. You might be holding on to grudges against others who have hurt you. A lot of times when I'm working with clients who have been abused as children, right? And it's very understandable. I, I, I get it, why the brain holds on to the hurt, to the anger. And, but a while ago, I, I was working with a woman, and, and she was just so angry at this slight. She said, I just can't let this go. I said, well, when did this happen, this, this event? She goes, oh, about 20 years ago <laughs> in high school. I said, Really? What was it? It's like, oh, they, these, these students, they were, you know, they were copying off my work. Okay, I get it. It's wrong, but you still want to be angry about it now? And what she thought is if she let go of the anger, that would mean that she was just somebody to be taken advantage of right now. I get it. In high school, she was taken advantage of. People said, oh, I want a copy of you. I don't want to do all the work. I, I understand it. But now as an adult, do you still have to be angry to hold on to that lesson? Or you can, can you let go of the le that anger and say, you know what, now I'm just going to have good boundaries. I don't have to allow myself to be taken advantage of. You've got to let go of the anger. Because when you hold on to the anger, it prevents you from moving on with your life. Those internal negative emotions like anger and sadness and loneliness prevents you or can keep you from finding other friendships or relationships. So particularly the anger, you got to learn to let it go. Again, Paul says in Ephesians, go ahead and be angry. There is, there is a time for anger. You do well to be angry, but don't use your anger as fuel for revenge, Paul says, and don't stay angry. Don't go to bed angry. Don't give the devil that kind of foothold in your life. So if you find yourself angry, particularly if this is an event that happened 
six months ago, six years ago, six decades ago, I'd say there's nothing that anger is going to teach you. It's only going to hurt you. You got to learn how to forgive, how to let things go for your sake. You don't forgive for the other person's sake as much as the forgiveness is necessary for you to let go of that retaliation. So what's another trait of people who are mentally strong, who are resilient, who live life well? Well, people who learn to enjoy the simple things in life. Again, mental health is really about having these positive experiences, first and foremost, doing the simple things, like taking a walk, laughing with friends or loved ones, listening to music. I make that a ritual every morning. I have breakfast with my son, and we have the same cereal every day. <laughs> it's always pretty predictable. You know, but we love to turn on music and we sing really badly together and we laugh and it just makes mealtime wonderful. But again, life is mostly about simple things. You can either cruise through life and not appreciate those simple things or you can take it in. You can slow down. You can pause and say, oh, wow, this feels really good. And again, this is central to your faith. When Jesus was with his disciples and they were all, you know, trying to pretend like they were the best and this person's better and everything else. He said, you know what? You got it all wrong. You've got to become simple again. And and then again, he brought a child in. Master, who gets the highest rank in God's kingdom? You know, who's, who's really up there? Who's big? And Jesus said, you got it all wrong. He brings the child puts them before everybody, and they said, you have got to be simple and elemental again. Now think about children and their play. What do they do when they have a really, really great day? What are they doing? They're like playing in a sandbox. They're moving sand from one pile to the other. They're running around on a beach. They're, they're swinging from bars. They're, they're just hanging out. They're just doing goofy, silly things. They're playing with animals. They're using their imagination. That's the simplicity that I think brings us to that place where we can appreciate the real meaning, the real blessings of life. Because those huge, gigantic blessings, the trips to Paris, you know, buying that brand new house, whatever it is, those huge things, they're going to come infrequently. But you've given plenty of an opportunity to enjoy frequently the simple things in life. That's faith, and that's mental strength. Now, what are some of the other traits? Here's another one. You keep trying when the going gets tough. In other words, this is all resilience, right? People who are mentally healthy, they generally keep going. You will get knocked down. Everyone will get knocked down in life. Everyone. But those who can get back up. Now, again, how do you get back up? Well, I again go to my faith, right? And Paul speaks about this so beautifully in Romans chapter 8. I'll just paraphrase it. He said, this resurrection life you receive from God, it's not a timid, grave-tending life. Oh, I'm so afraid. I'm, I'm just going to stay in bed. Give me the covers. He said, no, it's, it's adventurously expectant. Greeting God with a child like, what's next, Papa? 
God's spirit touching your spirit, confirming who you really are. You know who he is, and you know who you are, father and children. And you are going to get what's coming to you, an unbelievable inheritance. Right? When you go through exactly what Christ goes through, if you go through the hard times, then you will certainly go through the good times with him. That should give you juice. That should give you energy so that you can get back up on your feet. Paul, who had life brutally difficult, he said, what is it that keeps me going? Resurrection. 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 He said, resurrection undergirds everything that I do. It gets me back up on my feet when I get knocked down again. Are you starting to recognize that maybe some of these traits aren't quite there in your life where you'd like them to be. Think about them. Go back. What can you do to grow in resilience? Remember, this life that you have been given is short, it's sweet, and it can be beautiful. You can have this resurrection life. Just keep going. Find the simplicity and enjoy those beautiful things. Let go of the anger. You will have a much better life. Remember, wake up, and more than anything else, begin your prayer with, thank you, God. Find those things for which you can be grateful. Part two of what the mentally healthy do, coming up next.